This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I wonder what tomorrow has in mind for me. Or am I even in its mind at all? Perhaps I'll get a chance to look ahead and see Soon as I find myself a crystal ball Soon as I find myself a crystal ball What about Baker? Do you think he'll stick around? Because he's, he's looking up, and if you see Samba signed, then he's seeing Terry signed, and then there's obviously Chester in there. Well, but, but Baker's another one who he's prone to a suspension or an injury as well, isn't he? So. But from his point of view, he's at an age where he wants to be uh, you know, the first team, doesn't he? Yeah, I, but I don't see Baker anywhere above an Aston Villa. He's not the next Gary Cahill, is he? He's, he's, no. If he leaves Villa, where's he going? You know, he's going to a Bristol City, isn't he? It's not. Yeah. One way you could go, and I don't know if Yedinak and Whelan have got the legs, uh, is you could play two holding midfielders, one up mm. top, Codger, mm-hmm. and then obviously have three advanced midfielders behind him. Mm. So Hurahan in, in the, uh, let's say, the uh, advanced midfielder role, with uh, Green on one side and Elmo or uh, Albert on the other side. And, and describing it that way, that that's a more balanced approach, yeah. isn't it, in, you know, on yeah. paper? Because on paper it would be uh, well, pretty much solid as a rock. No, nobody's going to go through that easily. But you've, got a, so. you've got a bit of a lot. I think I've just solved Villa's formation problem. Oh, there we go. <laughs> There you go, right, I can retire now. Send Dr. Tony, if you could send me £4 million into a Swiss bank account where, uh, what's the guy, sorry, that uh, sorted out the... Samuelson? Samuelson, yeah, I'm sure Samuelson will invest it for me. Thank you very much, Christopher Samuelson. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. I think they know, we're talking about Villa, that they have to go up this year. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think that's why John Terry is bought into this. I think Steve Bruce knows. And then financially as well, it's essential they go up. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. And joining me, it's always a pleasure, Dan Rogers of the com. Welcome. We are on the cusp of another season. Yes, indeed. Pre-season is now officially over and the campaign to glory begins. So what have you been up to since last we spoke? And we actually spoke not so long ago. We did a we did record another podcast, which didn't really get time to edit and get it out in time, but that podcast was something special because I mean I, it was like I had a big crystal ball I, I suddenly out of nowhere I was talking about Nathan Baker <laughs> leaving and he leaves <laughs> shock horror wasn't reported anywhere I was saying he was going then I got a little tip off that he was there were bids in there and uh, Volari's gone the next thing I was talking about was we were talking about Whelan and I said there's logic he's not coming to be uh, yet an ex-understudy they're going to play 4-2 uh, 
two deep-sitting midfielders, three and then one. Lo and behold, Watford lineup, exactly that. Obviously, Yedinek not fit, but Lansbury played there. So, God, that's a special podcast that you're never going to hear. Can you imagine the revelations that you're going to you're going to drop in the next hour of oh, just? Or maybe I've used up all my psychic powers in that uh, one go. Anyway, what have you been up to since last we spoke? What's happening? Busy. Well, in between constantly refreshing Villa's YouTube page to try and get it to stream, um, <laughs> I've been to the Open. I went to the, the Sunday at the Open, and wow. uh, yeah, that was a that was a good day out. It's not every day you get to to, to run frantically through fields with loads of scousers and and uh, not be around Anfield, but it was great fun nonetheless. Um, You've been making good use of this summer. You've uh, been cricketing. I even tried to go to the edge Golf. Edgebaston. It got golf, lots of golf. Edgebaston got rained off. I'm trying. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. trying. I'm diversifying. <laughs> and you're going on holiday uh, soon. That's right. I'm... We can't disclose the destination, but just because you you get hounded by uh, fans of this. Well, podcast. exactly, and and I'll be I'll be on my um, Curacao passport as well, lent to me by <laughs> Leandro Bacuna. So oh, he doesn't need all... it anymore, does he? So yeah, a little fun fact: the last time I went abroad for and, and missed the first game of Villa's season. We infamously beat Manchester United on the on the first day. Ah, that and was... it was the Alan Hansen. It was the Alan Hansen quote. Where were you? Because I also was abroad on that day. I was in Berlin. I was in Berlin. Yeah, I was in uh, some mountains in South Poland. I remember asking the Poles that I was staying with. They had a uh, long wave radio, so I tuned in, <laughs> and uh, I think got the second half of of that magnificent victory. Mark Draper scored, didn't he? Which doesn't. I don't know. I wasn't that. there. <laughs> well, no, but I was listening in the hills of Poland on on this long wave radio. Oh, I don't know. I was probably being frog marched around checkpoint, Charlie. Well, while you've been doing the old uh, sporting relief, while uh, the season's obviously uh, hasn't started yet, I, I went to the theatre the other night to see Cat on a Hot Tin Roof with Sienna Miller and uh, Jack O'Connell because my friend flew in from LA because she's the uh, agent of the director of the play so we got top seats and then we went backstage by the way everybody gets naked in that place so you get to see uh, Sienna Miller look out for that patrons in all her glory <laughs> I've met her a few times when I used to go on film sets so I've been on about three of her sets and interviewed her there and she's actually really She's cool. She's good fun. She's uh, was one of my faves. And we went for a beer with the director and blah blah. But I think that's the way you should do theatre. Like people should get naked. Should be free. And you go and you go for a beer at the end with the uh, director. When I, yeah, when I was outside a changing room, Liv Tyler was there. As anybody. hang on, you're creeping around outside a changing room. Good, good form, sir. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what else is a man to do? It's actually right next to the entrance, the stage door. And while my friend was in, uh, went to the toilet. I was hanging ar- around that. But Liv Tyler. Daughter of Aerosmith singer, and obviously anybody who's seen Lord of the Rings knows who she is. Was there with her man? What's his name? David Gallagher, who was David Beckham's best friend. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, they've had a kid together. He he was in the United uh, Youth ranks. That's how they met. And then he obviously wasn't that good, so he set up an agency and made shitloads of money from that. I think he was must have been a agent of united players so they were like hanging around standing next to me and yeah they, they i think they bum rushed my uh sienna miller stalking and dived in there and they... bum rush isn't a word used often enough is either it isn't no it's one of my favorite phrases i don't know is it politically allowed nowadays i don't know let's move on to the news first of all let's look at some uh, news you may have missed soccer sixes at London's O2 Arena, which was a chance to get a few old legends and ex-players and uh, people who managed to... Didn't uh, we roll them out? ...pass off a career in as a footballer previously. <laughs> Basically, the format was six aside, legends or ex-players from various international heavyweight yes. countries, split into three groups... England were there. Mm. Unfortunately for England, they thought the best policy was to play five ex-Villa players. Not so just had, any five. Yeah, just not five. just any five. You had uh, David James. These are like England stars, by the way. England, Inverted uh, commas. David James in goal. Then you had Luke Young. I think he played once for <laughs> England. Emil Heskey. Lee Hendry. I think. How many Substitute games, how many appearance did, against... 
half of one, was it, against the Czech Republic? Yeah, so him and Luke uh, Young in good company there. And then Magic Merson, I'm surprised he can still play football. And then <laughs> da- Danny Murphy, Phil Neville and Gerard. I mean, Gerard's only, he's only just retired, has he mm. not? And uh, I was quite surprised that even Gerard. I mean, Gerard spent most of his career carrying a Liverpool team on his shoulders, but he couldn't do much with this uh, group of five <laughs> Motley Villa players as they, they only came third in a four-team group and didn't manage to uh, progress. But fear not, villains, because we had some representation in the final, lifting the trophy, and that was former Villa legend Robert Perez, uh, also formerly of Arsenal claimed the trophy as France beat Denmark 2-1. So well done, Bobby Perez. You've made Villa very proud. And number two, fresh new signings. We'll just, we'll, we'll go into detail about the signings later, but uh, Ahmed Alamahamadi. Elmo. Elmo, as we will call him henceforth. We're hoping he's not going to suffer the same fate as Hassan Kashlu, the last uh, North African winger that has graced the Villa Park surface. Still but missing. He's, he's looking good so far, but we'll more on him a little later. Glenn Whelan, who some Stoke fans will tell you is a tireless workhorse type of underappreciated hero, while other Stoke fans will say he's the crab and he never passes forward. We will find out soon, but so far so good with him. Mm. Uh, as well as uh, obviously Mr. John Terry, who we've discussed on a previous show. <laughs> Negatron alert. Terry is too old. Terry is too old. He'll retire by Christmas. Bring back Baker. Bring back Baker. Chris Samba, who... I don't know. I've got a feeling old Chris Samba. If he gets in... I don't know, maybe Terry's uh, just falls apart. His 36-year-old bones just collapse. He won't be able to take the Samba Mamba, will he? He just will not Uh, be able to do it. Adult marketing alert! Samba rhymes with Mamba! Sell Unibet dildos! Sell Unibet dildos! And Johnson has decided, after much deliberation, to continue his love affair with Aston Villa on loan from United. Baker's gone, and social media cried. God knows why. I don't know why. (laughs) But more of that later. And maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, uh, Mr. Bakuna would have left. Oh, if there is a god. If there is a god. I don't care which one. God of Bakuna. The God of Bakuna. And number three. Well, seems to be a bit of a conspiracy uh, pre-season after those early games to stop people watching, or essentially to spare people from having to watch uh, Villa games. First of all, the, the tournament in Germany. Excuse me, excuse me. We are official current holders. Yes, I know. Don't don't just refer to it as, as some sort of two-bit tournament. You know, it's not <sighs> very dismissive. They decided that every game should be 45 minutes just to, let's say, lessen the impact by 50% of having to watch Villa. Then Villa were having secret behind-the-closed-doors matches. Uh, They played FC Itiad, who uh, people with amazing memories will remember we played them in the Peace Cup uh, in 2009. Another trophy we won on the European stage. Uh, And then... (laughs) Everything seemed to be good, and people were looking forward to uh, watching the YouTube streams if, if they weren't at the games. And then, uh, I don't know who were blacking out those YouTube streams, but uh, I think we were playing Hertha Berlin in the last, is it the last 10, 5 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to black. We almost missed the team lifting that beautiful trophy, but thankfully uh, the, the stream went back on. And, and then against Watford's blackout in the second half as well. So uh, YouTube trying to spare from having to watch Villa. We thank you, but uh, it makes you wonder though, uh, Sky TV have got Villa on five of the first ten games. I thought after they made that decision last season not to screen the Blues derby, which turned out mm. to be a very, very good decision, uh, they <laughs> <Yes>. would have... <laughs> but I think when you look at it, look at the teams in the Championship this season, we're probably the most glam- as glamorous as it gets. So uh, I think we'll be on a few times, especially if we mm. start winning. I agree. G'day, Villa fans. Yednak here. Sorry I've been away, villains, but I've got myself a summer job while I've been recuperating from my groin ripper. I'm a grave digger now, mates, digging deep holes for fucking useless villa bastards. Veritu, shallow grave next to Sanchez's in Italy. That was a nice gig. Baker, I did him on the cheap, buried him in Bristol. Then, 
I've got a contract for a Bakuna. I've got to bury him in Kurakao. Now where the bloody hell is that? But don't worry, villains, I'll be back in a villa shirt soon enough, once I've torn it off that pretender, Glenda Whelan! Pray to the gods of beards for me, will ya? Right, let's get into this. Signings. We'll uh, link into the signings by uh, answering a listener question. One of our three listeners. Leighton Castle, <laughs> one of our three million listeners. Leighton <laughs> <laughs> yes. Castle, I think when it comes to signings, we have too many football snobs. They only want sexy players and not practical for where we are and need. Discuss. Well, I think what he's referring to there primarily is Elmo and Whelan signings, would you agree? Not sexy, I'd agree, but damn functional for what we probably need to get out of this division. Glenn Whelan, yeah, and particularly. I, and I think we've seen evidence. Uh, I mean, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about Whelan first, since you mentioned mm-hmm. him. Uh, I was thinking, meh. This could be the crab man, and he's you know he's obviously uh, was he thirty three now, but uh, yeah. against against Watford, I thought I thought he was pretty decent, way way beyond what I was thinking, and uh, he played him in that too deep sitting midfielder role, which essentially compensates instead of having three centre backs, it provides you that solid defensive foundation mm. of having mm. two shielding the the back four, and notably uh, shielding old bones Terry. Mm. And then it gives you that platform to play three in midfield, attacking midfielders, two wide, one attacking midfielder, and then the man on top. And uh, I thought in the in the first half, it, it Watford didn't know really how to handle it initially. And Whelan was yeah. just kept everything going when the, when we had a corner and the ball came out, he was the one who recycled it and got it back in there. There's a couple of obvious obvious things for me with with Whelan. He's, he's not going to sell you a million football shirts, but he's 300 plus Premier League appearances and he's 80 plus international caps. Yeah, you know, get, bring you experience that you know it's not the kind of strength in depth we have, and you know it's it's similar to the Edinac signing, and and, and I'll I'll admit that. I didn't really understand the type of player that Yedinak was when we signed him. But having yeah. seen him over a season, I, I get it now. And I think Whelan's probably one of those players that will fall into that bracket, hopefully, that you'll be pleasantly surprised. And he, he, he might be quite a different player to what I think we you know, prejudge him to be. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, you look at pre-season games and uh, it's kind of whatever, but you look for... Little, look for little hints and clues. Yeah. And yeah, Watford, yeah. I think, gave a lot of clues about him. And also of Elmo on the old right flank. Uh, he's direct and he, he's an out-and-out winger. You get mm. that ball down there and he'll try to beat his man and, and get down the byline and, and whip it in. And uh, it's a shame he wasn't at Villa when old, we had old Ben Teke. Ooh. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> those days when we had a chance. When we were still crap, but at least... <laughs> <laughs> at least completely uh, I, dependent on one man as, as I always said with Benteke in your team you can beat anybody well it's the only hope we had of beating anybody was Benteke but no what, what's your impressions of Elmo because I, I think another player that seems like he's going to exceed those initial kind of expectations yeah, absolutely I, mean, I don't like to get bogged down in stats but you know, yeah, all the facts that significant Premier League experience, massive international experience, but also his his stats do stand up in terms of assists and creativity as well. His his Twitter stats as well. What more followers than our entire football club that's existed for <laughs> hundred and x years? Yeah, explain that. It says a lot, doesn't it? That <laughs> some guy who got you know, let's be honest, ridiculed in some quarters and getting openly. Um, Barrett, I mean, yeah. they are individuals on on Twitter and stuff like that. You know, they they are the minority, but they're the vocal but, but, minority. Aren't they? But also in the last season at Hull, he was he was copping a lot of flack from their fans. I mean, they were blaming him, or he was one of the uh, people they were pointing their finger at in terms of relegations. But yeah, I think he's uh, those two. I think for whatever we've paid, and let's say it's it's, it's around. I think Whelan's got some bonus incentives, uh, but I think it's around like let's say two million for both of them. Yeah, it's circa a million each. Isn't it? Yeah, no more than that. Chris Samba looked good in pre-season. I mean, he's 
injury record is uh, in the last let's say season or two is insane. He's I mean he dropped mm-hmm. from somebody who was earning a hundred thousand pounds a week to somebody who was uh, with his begging bowl at the gates mm-hmm. of Bodymore mm-hmm. Heath asking for a trial. So uh, judge, judging just on his performances in preseason alone, he, if he stays fit, I think he will be praising for mm-hmm. winning us the league. Yeah, I, I mean my close up uh, inspection of him was was the Warsaw game really, and I was in, in a, what, an otherwise drab game of football really. He was one of few who I thought, yeah, he, he was uh, impressive, and you can see where he would fit into into our season. The, yeah. the other thing that has occurred to me later, really, was that when when you look back at when he joined as a trialist to, to him now, the physical change in him is actually quite remarkable, and, and you wonder, is this a professional? In this is last chance saloon, isn't it? Really, that it's his last hurrah. And uh, to his credit, he's changed a lot of opinions clearly behind the scenes at Villa, because you wonder whether you know he arrived and it's one of those, isn't it? That you let it happen, but he's 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 kept banging at the door, hasn't he? I mean, he had a trial before Villa at Crystal Palace under mm-hmm. his old old Blackburn manager Sam mm-hmm. Allardyce February and, uh, yeah, February of this year yeah there was no room for sentiment there uh, no you know no. Palace basically said no and before that he was heading off on loan to Turkey I forgot what team off the top of my head but the manager there is quoted as saying uh, this is not the uh, Chris Samba I knew this is Mike Tyson mm. Mm. I don't know if he was going out banging out people but uh, <laughs> I think he's, he's more implying uh, I think his physique at the time yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't really let's say football fit but yeah, that's that's a wild card signing. But I think obviously without a transfer fee, I'd, I'd be really interested to have a look at his contract. Out of all those players, I would like to see his contract just to see if it is appearance based or or how it's structured. Mm. John John Terry, we've already spoken about. I mean. We haven't conceded since he's been on the pitch or when he's been on the pitch. So that says all you need to know about that signing. Mm-hmm. So far watching uh, Terry and watching it against uh, Watford, if you've got one or two uh, deep sitting midfielders, you've got two ball players at centre back in Terry and mm. Chester. That they're not booting it out. They're not hoofing it out like Nathan Baker. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, that could be promising in terms of uh, how we build uh, how we build from the back. I mean, we can mix it <laughs> up a little football. bit. <laughs> yeah, playing football. There's yes. there's a revelation. As the game is named. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Sam Johnson. Well, let's welcome back. And I think uh, obviously he's had a bit of a preseason uh, under his belt. So I think he'll be mm. a bit more settled. Although he got injured uh, before the Watford game, and uh, Jed Steer seems to have appeared out of nowhere wow. and uh, got a bit of game time under his belt. So he's obviously going to be the number two to Johnson. I'm kind of glad we're not uh, relying on Bun sitting yeah. on the bench. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd rather have Bakuna in goal, I think, than Bun. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Reading Aston Villa turned down 1.5 million bid from Reading. Uh, as we out of our minds, <laughs> as we've already, are we insane? Doctor Tony's probably seen the outcry on Twitter from getting rid of Nathan Baker, and he said, "I can't handle this again. Twice in a week." There's no man better than to kick the ball into the middle Such of the motion. Yeah, they can't take the social media, media barrage. By the time you listen to this, uh, he may have gone, but let's break it down. I hope he has gone in that time. <laughs> because, yeah. I, I mean, for him as well, I, if he's serious about his football career, he's not going to be mm. starting regularly this season at Aston Villa. We've got quite a lot of midfield options if that's his position. Right back, join the bloody queue. I think I'm ahead of him in it as well. <laughs> so so where's he going to feature? If he just wants to sit around and pick up his cash, then that kind of show and just play the odd, you know, come on as a sub here and there, then really he needs to be cracking on. Yeah, I mean, I'll just close off the, off the Bakuna discussion really because... I'm the, probably the most dismissive person of him. If someone can tell me what he brings to our starting eleven, by all means, and I've often said, is that because how we've allowed him to develop? You know, we haven't really given him a position. We haven't, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm still not clear. What, what, what's his trick? What's his, what are yeah, his key yeah. bits? You know, I just don't get it. Not good enough. End of. There's players that hold us back. Some of them are still at this club or have held us back and have got us into the position that we are in, and he's on that list with his name underlined. So, I'm sorry, he goes, no sentiment. Negatron alert! Don't sell Bakuna! He is a born-again winner! He won the Caribbean Cup! He won the Caribbean Cup! In terms of, well, who has definitely gone, obviously Carlos Sanchez, uh, Carlos Hill has gone out on loan, one of these tight the tight-fisted spanish contracts way well, we'll get the player for free basically <laughs> yeah, so that essentially yeah they, <laughs> they they have him for a season at on loan 
and then reduce his value in terms of transfer fee and then buy him for nothing at the end of I don't know yeah. anyway that's that Jordan Veritu I think uh, turned out better than it could have been because Saint-Étienne were pitching up quite low I thought at 4.5 if that was the fee and I don't think Dr. Tony was very happy about that and they thought it was a done deal until uh, Florentina swooped in and took him for closer to around 6 million Good business. Good business. Just get rid of him. He's a plonk. Yeah, it's one of those. I think, I think I can I can sort of see where we were at when when uh, Saint Etienne offered yeah. four and a bit million. It was one of those where you just say, "Oh, cut our losses." This guy's, you know, not doing a great lot. And and and, and is there a more miserable looking face in football than Jordan Veritu? I think he's just that's just just because oh. he's dumb. <laughs> but <clears throat> with a pl- with a player like him. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you, well, he is. Have you, did you see some of those videos that he uh, was oh, involved Greece. in? Uh, Greece, but yeah. in terms of Verity, just put in a, a sell-on sell on clause. If we've term- genuinely got six, six and a half million quid out of, of Fiorentina for him. That's good. And then, like, if, I'm trusting they've factored in, we'll get another five, ten percent, whatever, you know, if uh, Florentina sell him on. No. I'm pretty sure that would have been factored in that initial 4.5 million deal with uh, Saint-Étienne as well. Mm-hmm. Nathan Baker has gone. This is something I actually got a little heads up on. Uh, there'd been a couple of bids put in for him, at least, and Villa had accepted them. Mm-hmm. So all it took, I think it all happened, obviously, within a period of a week, and it was essentially down to him to decide to go. And uh, I think Bruce, well, he spelled it out when he uh, signed Terry and uh, Mr. Samba, because I'm sure at the end of last season, Baker's just thinking of next season, him and Chester mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. the, the centre-backs, and, you know, that's the end of the conversation. But uh, I think he got a bit of surprise there obviously wasn't going to feature uh regularly in the starting villa team so uh, luckily he's, he's been away at bristol city for a uh, pretty much a whole season yeah and so uh it was like he had another place to go uh without putting much thought to it but uh, the social media outcry of this decision i mean when i'm talking about players he's he's okay average mm. well my take of him which i've always maintained is he can't read the game a few seasons ago when you're watching the, the keystone cops defense of aston villa a lot of it is baker out of position not really reading the situation and this is why he's having to dive in do his kind of brave routine and mm. often getting injured or getting knocks because he's overcompensating i mean all you yeah. know it all looks good and it's and, all last ditch it looks heroic but actually it's desperation heroic, isn't it yeah heroic last ditch but you didn't really see like for example paul mcgrath breaking his legs flying in left right no, center no. because he was there he was he thinking read the game a step ahead yeah Baker was always a step behind, but he would 75% of the time make up for it by, let's say, being brave. No, and I think that as well the discussion the discussion that I saw on, on social media was, you know, why are we still keeping hold of players like Mika Richards and, and Tommy Elphick in this period? Well, yeah. you know, they're too expensive and they're not as good. And that says doesn't say a great deal about our other backup options as they stand, but actually they don't appeal to anyone either. That's the thing. It's not that... Baker's better. We sell Baker and we still got Mika Richards. We should sell him first. Mika Richard allegedly is on 60 grand a week because there was no transfer fee. And we thought we'd done the greatest piece of business ever. Tim Sherwood was cartwheeling, high-fiving Tom Fox. <laughs> Mika Richards, I mean... Well, the fact that nobody, nobody is interested. Nobody wants Mika Richards. That's the problem. Our only hope with Mika Richards is... For him to get to some kind of fitness where he can actually finish a game of football and uh, try to try to find some kind of semblance of a form that got him his reputation as being half decent. I can't see him shifting. Uh, it would be like a mercy loan where we end up paying most of the wages and dump him off, you know, somewhere uh, in the championship. But people aren't going to risk relegation by uh, taking Richards on. That's the point, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not a not just a financial decision. Why would you? If you want to improve your situation, particularly defensively. Why, you're not in the market for Amika Richards, are you? Yeah, and that's another thing that people don't understand. They just see it all from Villa's point of view. Well, you've got mm. to look at the players' point of view as well. And of course, part of this decision is Nathan Baker wanting. He's 26 now. He wants mm. to play, he wants to be in that first 11. And he's in the championship now, so sitting on the bench in the championship, not going to happen. No. If, if, no. You, if you've got any self-esteem. So, uh, of course he went, went offered the chance, and of course Villa, you know, took the money. Because, okay, it's short-term, and, you know, I agree with this, because I think we have got this situation where, come the end of the season, if, we get prom- if, we, if we're still in this league, 
Terry's not playing. I think James Chester's getting out of here. Mm-hmm. And Samba, who knows? Could go anywhere. I mean, if we're still in this league, Samba would could potentially stay. I mean, this the f- football is is short short termism though, isn't it? I think the reality is that even if you look forward and you project forward and you say let's play a long long game with the likes of Nathan Baker, I don't think that sees us. That doesn't see us to promotion. And last yeah. season would be my you know the huge chunks of that that season there. He he was part of that partnership where you know there's enough determination and heroic tackles, but there's also a lot of mistakes and injuries and Giving liabilities. But yeah. just just finishing off like the one year projection. So if we if we do get promoted when this season, <laughs> then Terry well Terry's not going to be playing uh, no. thirty seven going on thirty eight in the Premier League. No. Samba potentially not. But if he does has a good season, then he'll probably be offered a you know one year extension. But then Baker, he's he's not going to be your centre back in the Premier League. We're not going to make the same mistake and just play people no, that are no average way. or just you no know way. just above average. So. He's going anyway. He's not good enough. And uh, there's a lot of sentimentality, on, and I've tweeted this, about bang average players. What is it? Why do people get so emotionally attached to these players that have let you down season after season and t- taken you for a fool? I mean, how many people are on Baker's back and then suddenly they're all crying about him going? I mean, it's the same with Bakuna. He's had people... Uh, wanting him out, then, you know, there's people out there who think he's, he's some kind of Dutch maestro. <laughs> seems to change with the wind. At Vera 2, people were, like, clawing onto the back of his trainers, trying to keep him at the club. What was he actually done at the club? Nothing. Get rid. I mean, all out. Yeah, all out. I mean, don't believe the spiel either. I think there are a lot of, a lot of modern football but just very briefly touching on Vera 2, is it's, it's in his agent's, agent's interest for, you know, the media or, or, I don't know, even groups of fans, I suppose, to have some perception that he's some untapped hidden talent that's waiting to emerge. And that's what these players have got to trade off, I guess, if they haven't. Vera 2, Baker, Sanchez, Hill. Been at Villa at a time where if you're a decent player and you could have made any impact, Christ, over the last two or three years, yeah. you'd have stood out like an absolute diamond in the rough, wouldn't you? Exactly. I mean, take, take, have. take another player who's who's gone out and where he's gone out basically sums up the situation. Aaron Tishbola going out on loan for a season at MK Dons in lower league division 1 says everything about our purchasing last season doesn't it exactly and but also i mean on the grapevine there were questions about Tishbola's attitude and his temperament and you know whether he's a bit immature and not knuckling down and also mr baker you know there's a few question marks about him uh, let's say taking the the mickey a bit Mm. Uh, while he was at villa so they weren't exactly uh, crying when he left anyway so these players are getting paid a lot of money and sometimes they they think they just have to do essentially the bare minimum to put on a villa shirt and get away with it and they're not that bothered so that's you know that's why we're dropping or we have been dropping and we need people you know we like your Whelans and terry's who have come in they're not coming just to fanny around they've come because they all they know about football they're old school they football's about winning not about just well, it's, it's part. about temperament as well, isn't it? It's you know you can't stand either of the two names that you just gave against a Verratti or a Baker, and you know in terms of achievement, and and you look at them in terms of thinking, well, who yeah. would I rather have? You know, at the death, you know, you wouldn't have any of the outgoing guys, would you? There's, in fact, there's no one, there's no one who you feel, oh, you know, genuinely, there's no one you think, oh, he's definitely going to go on and do well for another club. You know, it's not like a no. Benteke moment. And perversely, he didn't go on and do well, in my yeah. view. You know, but there hasn't been that feeling. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Anyway, moving on, another... uh couple of players that they've surely got to leave by the win- by the time the window closes first Tommy Elfeck I think the Sunderland interest is, is meant to be like bang on uh, mm. but there seems there seems to be a reason why it's not happening anytime like now uh, I think the word on the street is going to happen uh, in a week or two weeks now uh, I had a theory we were discussing this earlier yeah. when he signed for Villa he cut short his honeymoon didn't he so maybe he's Maybe his missus has called time. Said, "I want, I want the remaining yeah. four days of our all-inclusive to Valaraki honeymoon part two. He's got the call. His agent rang him up. Sorry, Tommy, to interrupt your honeymoon part two, like I did last year. But uh, the Villa have signed Samba and Terry. Looks like you're out, son. Uh, son uh, Blues uh, are on the line. Uh, forget about the Blues. Sunderland. <laughs> they want you now, though, because they've got a pre-season game against Celtic." And if you don't get there for that game, they're going to get beat about 5-0, which actually happened. <laughs> so he's probably said, well, let's do it, but uh, I'm not coming back from this honeymoon. And that's why it's dragging its heels a little bit. That's just our theory anyway. But that he looks dead on to go. Another player, this is a bit interesting, Gardner. Apparently, Forrest wanted him. Similar thing to Baker. They loved him when he was on loan, and uh, so it's not really a punt. They've seen him with their own eyes. But uh, there's some unfinished business with them not kind of paying uh, for Ross McCormack's loan, because that all went a bit crappy, didn't it, at the end? Uh, he didn't really feature for Forrest, and I think no. Forrest said, well, we don't really want to pay for this. It's damaged goods. And so Villa have said, well, you're not having Gardner if you're not paying for McCormack. So I think that's where that's kind of stuck at the moment, mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Friendlies. What's happened pre-season? Let's look into this. Uh, Paul Ben Dixon says, When should we expect to see some clear playing style or formation during pre-season? Well, let's extend this to uh, the upcoming season as well. What do you think? Have you seen anything? It's quite simple. Dr. Tony's revised his, you know, we'll conquer the world within three seasons to saying, oh, hang on a minute, I didn't realise it was Aston Villa. It's actually going to take 20 years. Was his most recent tweet, wasn't it? On oh yeah, it went it went from like three years to five years, and maybe he did one about ten years. I don't know, but now it's like twenty years. He's like the so. rest of us. He's going, oh, this is a big job. This is a big job. <laughs> so, in terms of a clear Aston Villa playing style, uh, I think Tony Zia has, has spelled it out. Twenty years time, I think, is when you can start expecting uh, to see some clarity on that. I mean, I think that the important thing to do, to what I think, uh, Mister Ben Bendick. Son is is implying is that preseason hasn't been particularly pretty or consistent in terms of the style and and whatever we've seen. I would agree, but there's, you know, I, I think what I think we, there's been pockets. To, we've alluded to it before that it's been it's been difficult to see what we've been trying to do at times, hasn't it? And you think that well, if this is a learning game, <laughs> you know, what are we trying to learn from it? Well, I think we saw against uh, in the Watford game the first half, uh, especially before people uh, went off injured and. Uh, the subs came on, was uh, what I prophesied. This uh, two deep-sitting midfielders, uh, in this case it was Whelan and Lansbury, mm. uh, Grealish playing in the role that, if it's ever going to happen for him, I think this is the formation where you've got two, sorry, four at the back, two sitting in front of them, which gives you a foundation to let three, you know, teams like Dortmund, Barcelona, uh, I think Mourinho used to do it with uh, Real, uh, even Ferguson as well. Uh, we have that three playing, uh, essentially three attacking midfielders, left wing, right yeah. wing, and then yeah. you're attacking midfielder who's essentially behind through the, the lone striker. Yeah, mm. and Grealish through the middle in that. When when that when I saw that formation and you saw, oh Jesus, they're actually he's actually doing it. I thought, right, this is that's Grealish's role. If he's any good as people hype him up to be or people reckon or hope he what you know hope he's going to be like that is the role that he can and this is the formation to get it out of him and what what happens of course it's the villa universe and he's, he gets injured and he ends up in hospital yeah the death star <laughs> struck him didn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh no there is hope for jack grealish's career <laughs> better put an end to that 
it was quite distinct though that 45 minutes i mean there's a lot of talk about uh, as the season was progressing oh no we've signed john terry we're going to go three at the back because this is the way you preserve john terry i mean that was that was my theory as well and then uh, when elmo came and it was like oh yeah he's going to be a wing back he's going to play right wing back this you know supports the prophecy of the three uh, center backs but when Elmo's playing, he's playing wing. And when Whelan came in, you thought, well, Whelan's, Whelan was, could have gone to Burnley or another Premier League team. There was, you know. Yeah, but have you been to Burnley? Jesus. He had, yeah, he had talks like a week before <laughs> Villa, you know, even signed him up. So Bruce must have convinced him. He's not going to say, oh, yeah, come to Villa and you can be uh, yet an ex-understudy and sit on the bench. You know, mm. regular Irish international playing regularly uh, mm-hmm. Premier League offers of a Premier League club, you're not coming to a championship team unless you're an integral part of their plans. Because what's he going to do Yedinak? He's either selling Yedinak to facilitate Will Whelan and a, a, like of a, a new plan, or he's going to play them both together to, you know, sitting midfielders. Mm. And that frees up the rest of the midfield to just go for it. And that's where Steve Bruce suddenly has an attacking plan. I think it also, um, and, and thinking, taking that a step further, and I th- I think that lends a bit more weight to the idea that we will perhaps go a bit more for games in the earlier part of the game, you know, this coming season, you know, take that first hour on because we were very lethargic yeah. or very, very, um, what's the word? Um, we didn't have a, we barely had a plan A, but we certainly didn't have a plan B. Yeah. But if you imagine that Wheel and Yedinak um, combo, that, that Yedinak's got that natural ability and he does this for Australia now, but he also did it towards the back end of last season for us. He actually becomes a third centre back in the last 20 minutes of a game. Yeah, and and you think actually if you have Whelan still sat in that same role, but Yednak can go deeper, you can protect the back line, but at least level out ball, you know, because it yeah. wasn't natural yeah. Lansbury doing that Whelan type role at all. But if Lansbury's the next ball on, that makes more sense to me. Or Grealish, for instance. And if you're under the cosh, like from set plays or whatever, just bring on Samba. I mean, watching him against Hertha Berlin, <laughs> every time Hertha Berlin got in, got that ball into the box, whether it be a cross or a, from a set piece, he was on the end of it every time. I mean, he he read everything very well, and he just kind of hoovered it up. So I think when it comes, you've got like John Terry's experience, you've got the phys- physicality of Yedinak and also Samba, the height of Yednak and Samba alone. I don't think we're going to be uh, biting our nails in the last 10 minutes or last five minutes of the game when we're trying to hold on to leads. I think uh, I think we'll get rid of that. I think we'll be a bit cooler and more composed. Mm, mm. You know, as long as we're a bit more cooler and composed at the other end of the field when it comes to uh, shooting, for example. <laughs> mm, because we, we were creating chances against Watford... And, what were the scores, Watford and Warsaw? Is that a uh, a clue to how the season's going to be going? I hope not. It's a little bit McLeish, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. But I think that's, that, what I, that formation I've spoken of, uh, the 4-2-3-1, uh, it kind of lends itself to potentially being quite successful away from home because you do have like two out-and-out wingers uh, yeah. and a bit more of a fluid counter-attacking style off a very solid base. So if you're not drawing, you're going to be snatching wins. Yeah, and that, that's the real positive to be taken, that you can, you're can you starting to see the, the, the formation of a, of a plan and, yeah. and you can see how, you know, a little bit like chess because it's not a perfect science, but you can see how individuals would fit into that. And the championship thinking back... You know, people say that it, it's a, it's not a difficult division, but it's you can become entrenched in a way of thinking that makes you know people go, oh, you know, Preston on a Tuesday night, and you know, yeah. I'm very guilty of falling into that way of thinking. But actually, it's just a game of football that if you can, you know, look at look at some of the, if we can just release our strikers and release the potential, um, and not concede stupid goals. Either. It is a mental thing. Uh, I mean, mm, you see, you mm. see these articles, whether it's Bruce or Mick McCarthy, like, oh, the championship, oh, the rigors of the championship, blah blah blah. Oh, it's so tough. You're only talking about it because you are a championship manager, because yeah. you're not good enough to be a regular Premier League manager. <laughs> yeah, as you said, the standard is not that high. It's just the the number of games, basically, and I think. I mean, we'll trim the squad uh, a bit more, but I think we've got enough there to. Uh... Let's just take it into our centre halves. Yeah, you know, you've got you've got you've got Chester, who's going to be a mainstay. He was a mainstay last season, and hopefully, you know, it's one of those touchwood. He stays fit. Yeah. But now you've you've got with the the Tuesday Saturday rotation a pick of Terry or Samba. Yeah. 
you know, and, and I think that the issue last season, when you look at you look at Chester, he was always, you know, he was never partnered with anyone particularly competent. You know, Elphick just didn't come off for whatever reason. Yeah, Baker was Baker. You know, fifth, you know, loyal, dedicated, but actually the great moments were because he probably made a cock up. And, and then beyond that, you want you you're hoping on Richards, but I, we've changed all that straight away. And I think that's. And if you do get an injury to Chester, you've got you've got two. So. And you've got Yedinak who can slip in there as uh, absolutely Bruce absolutely. experimented with last year. I mean, uh, Richie Delat, who we haven't really factored into uh, any of these conversations, can also play centre-back if things get desperate. Yes, he can, yeah. Or Alan Hutton, as we saw. <laughs> yeah. I think with, El- with Elmo, since Elmo's playing more of an out-and-out right winger, who we ne- haven't really had since, like, Albrighton and... Uh, he wasn't really a mainstay of the uh, no, no, no. of the Villa setup. Is uh, you, the good thing about Elmo is you don't now have to rely on Hutton being our <laughs> right wing outlet, which final third in the opposition's half is not where Hutton excels. So no, no. that may help Hutton and also help him keep his place uh, in the first eleven because suddenly uh, you're not thinking about the trade-off or maybe Bree's better going forward but I don't think Bree's a better defender at this moment in time because he's still 19. No I mean right back is I mean you've got so many names there now it's it's difficult to know and there are so many opinions as well because Hutton sort of experienced this bizarre resurgence towards the back end of last season for you know which wasn't all bad um yeah. and can't be you know it was a positive definitely Bree Bree's got to be seen as the future and you can see within him there's a there's a very good footballer actually and that's that's got to be the direction we take yeah I mean I, I'm not I'm not Mr Hutton by I mean Hutton if I was the villa manager would have left not this club not. a long mm. time ago but at the moment who do you start first game of the season I would probably go Hutton over Bree yeah I I, 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 personally I, I wouldn't Personally, I wouldn't. If if we're going to be going for the four four two, well, not it's not four four two, but the the the, the back four, I would go with Bree, and I think we've got to. I think we've got to start to to reshape our, our football team because I do wonder as well with Hutton if if we'd have had an offer, would he have stayed? Well, allegedly that's what's, that's what's meant to have happened. I mean, let me rephrase that. If somebody wanted to buy Hutton, I'd sell him straight straight away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, that, never well, mind. That's like the test. you know, that's the because uh, Bree is the future but what I was I don't know if I said uh, but I haven't seen enough from Bree so far to convince me that uh, he's 100% better than Hudson at this given moment in time against Hull in the first game of the season let me see how I see that then and it must be it must be a similar way Bree is not the complete fullback but Hudson I know enough about Hudson's flaws yeah to know that he's not the complete fullback either but yeah. I can see the potential in Bree which yeah no Hutton, no I, I agree you, with you, you know what I mean um, but, as a, but if we yeah. hadn't have signed Elmo and I hadn't witnessed what he can do uh, down the right flank, then uh, I would say, yeah, Bree, get him in there because we've got to have something better going forward yeah, down yeah. down that flank to you know give the opposition something to think about. But I think Elmo, because he was so direct, and he will take the the left back on straight away as soon as he you know as soon as he gets a sniff of the ball. Then I think Hudson and Hudson supported pretty well. Problem is. If Hudson is the overlap man, you know the delivery is never going to be that no, good. But uh, no, uh, that's no. that's the problem. I mean, Bree and Elmo could be a sensational, but I want to see evidence from uh, Bree first. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the danger is there. I suppose you'll only see evidence through him playing. Yeah. I, I got, you know, the Hudson the Hudson discussion is always difficult because people just assume that you default to hating him just because he was in the bomb squad. And you know, yeah. Hudson, Hudson, to his credit, was. Dumped a couple of times by the club and kept his mouth shut. And as a guy, I, I you know, I really, you know, I've got nothing against him. I just don't yeah. think it, it's a bit like there's a little bit of a, a slither of the baker about it that he's so he's tarnished with the the bad things that I think about over the last five, six, seven years of Villa. Really, that yeah, we we need that clean break in my view. Yeah, yeah. And if he goes, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. I mean, uh, no. I think there was this kind of revisionist cult hero thing but uh, I mean you know that's this football fans it's uh, it's not a uh, a reflection on his ability he is one no. of the mediocre players that have held us back and how and why we find ourselves in this situation anyway as a as a compromise uh, let's let's just play Richards at right back <laughs> okay. uh, just quickly look I mean the the podcast that we recorded that we didn't get around to uh, putting out we discussed uh, Telford Kidderminster 
Warsaw Games, Shrewsbury, and uh, what we saw in the early part of those was this, let's call it uh, a half-hearted attempt by Bruce to create this potential Hogan and McCormack partnership for, let's say, the early games of the season. Just give it one last look and... Quickly abandoned. Quickly abandoned. I mean, McCormack was kind of getting I think McCormack he had chances but he needed to score and you know you can call yourself rusty or whatever but he had to do it really to have any chance of getting back in there well well, let's call I'll call it as as (laughs) I saw it woefully out of shape for a professional footballer well people are saying that about Richards as well well that's just different level to be honest yeah, Hogan. I mean, he he scored a couple of goals, uh, took them with mm. a plum, mm. and he was linking it with Elmo, pretty good. Yeah, so he, pretty I mean, he's he still he hasn't got in his stride yet. But but that's the interesting thing. I mean, I think he will. He's got two problems. He's got Codger kind of works as the, the lone striker. So that formation we mentioned that you you would go mm. for Codger in that. Uh, his other problem is is Bruce seems to rate uh, a Bonglahor above him. Don't get that. I really don't get that. Negatron alert! Bruce Almighty doesn't have a plan A! Never mind a plan B! He's a potato! He is a potato! I think logically, yes, okay, Gabby kind of works as a lone striker because he played it under Martin O'Neill. But he's got, if you've got a lone striker, the very definition of that, it means you're relying on the lone striker to score. And Gabby yes. just, I mean, we just saw it, he's just not sharp enough. I mean, Hogan did more in a in a few minutes uh, to show that he's sharp enough and, you know, he's still got his confidence. But he needs to be playing. And yeah. I think pre-season-wise, I think it's a shame that game got rained off because I think we're one or two games short of, uh, in terms of finding a rhythm with Hogan. For, for starters, and also sorting out the, the midfield in terms of the attacking midfield. You know, it's Hurahan going to play. Bruce was delighted to get him, but he doesn't seem that chuffed about having him now. Uh, Lansbury, what's his role? Mm. Because you thought those two were like bang on to be our, you know, top two midfielders, but now both of them are struggling to actually get in the first 11. Well, this is perhaps where the, the, you know, I was talking earlier about us, our inability to establish a plan A last season, let alone have a plan B. And we're sort of, we've got, that That was the early early pre-season trouble, I think, that we, we were desperately trying to establish what clusters of players will work in what combination without having yeah. the first clue necessarily of what our formation or game plan was. And I suppose, you know, those fitness games, inverted commas, are the worst time to try and establish those things. You know, the McCormack-Hogan thing was a complete waste of time, not because I, I can see why they wanted to attempt it, but McCormack was, you know, a different shape to every other guy on the pitch. There's no getting away from it. You know, we all have eyes. It's not, it's not, it's a fact. Yeah. So why why don't we just pursue down the, the, route, the route that, and the logical way that we would want to play Hogan is that we, we starved him of service. You've brought in, you know, players in Hurahan, Hurahan and Lansbury who, you know, at their previous clubs were known for driving the game forward, their creativity. You've yeah. got Elmo in from the right. I don't think football's complicated. <laughs> it's, that's that's your catchphrase. It is my catchphrase and it must do people's fruit in. We, no, we, 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 will, we, we will be selling uh, uh, T-shirts uh, with, <laughs> I don't think, football's complicated. It really friggin' isn't because people are... Well, it's, it's kind of like the England-friendly situation that you have whenever they, they come round. I always think, well, you know, why why play people who you know everything about them? Yeah. We, we, we know every combination. We know what Gabby's what, what, about. What can you learn more about Gabby? <laughs> you know, we don't want, I, mean, I don't want to learn any more, to be honest, personally. How, how many articles have been written? Let's give Gabby one more chance, shall we? I mean, um, come on. Don't. It's like... Don't. If I had a bolt gun, one of those things that they put cattle down with, I'd have used it. After you'd it. used it on yourself. <laughs> After I've used it on myself. <laughs> so then I you know, don't have to watch any more games. Just tell me this, and I've heard rumours that it's true, because I just thought he had a, uh, a just an unlimited contract. But is is it Gabby's last year of his contract? Of the, of the infamous five-year Fox deal. No, not not five years. Like unlimited, I thought it was on, but uh, but no, is it the last year or is that just really crazy wishful thinking? Oh, um, it's got to be, hasn't it? Surely. Yeah. Sure. Because the 
I don't see where we go. And, and you know, say we got promoted. I mean, I, I, I could Google it while we talk, but uh, let's just keep it as a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No Is it the last year of his contract? Uh, if if you uh, find the answer, because I, 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 I don't want the horror of finding out that he's got two, three, four more years left. Uh, <laughs> but you can research it and drop us uh, a tweet on at Aston Villa pod and uh, just surprises online. Uh, let's just have a couple of quick questions before we wrap here. Um, Middlefinger says on Twitter, implications of not getting promoted as each passing window goes means we're closer to resembling a championship squad. Codger and JT will be gone next year. Well, we've kind of alluded to this uh, when we were talking about the centre-back situation, but I think we'll, we will smell very much like a champ. Well, we are a championship team at the moment. Let's not delude ourselves. Absolutely. You look at our squad and you think, well, there's some big names in there. I mean, come on, Terry and Samba go back three, four years with the best centre-backs in the Premier League, potentially. But if we don't get promoted next season, we will stink and reek of a championship squad because... James Chester, he'll be out of here. Codger, he'll be out of here. JT, he'll probably be buried by then. I don't know. <laughs> Make you Sa- rest in peace. Samba, well, he's a kind of a wild card anyway. But any anybody good, I mean, Yedinak will probably uh, go out to pasture somewhere abroad. Mm. And we'll just be left with the dregs. And uh, it will be harder. This is the best shot we've got in the next five years of getting promoted. Now, I don't want to be prophet of doom again. Oh, that's, there's another one of your catchphrases. <laughs> because we have to get promoted this season. We just have to. Because yeah. of we talk about the dregs yeah. that would be left out of, you know, what you talk Bacu- about. If we, don't get prom- if we don't get promoted this season, Bakuna will be the captain the following season. Put it that Fuck way. You know, I, t- I will spontaneously combust in the halt end should that happen. Look out for it. If look at it this way, the dregs would be some of the most highly paid championship, well, if not the highly paid championship players. Yeah. And people constantly say to me, oh, the, the financial fair play isn't a big deal, or da, 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 it won't matter. It doesn't matter here and now, but if we cock up this season, it will yeah. absolutely impact upon us in a, in a horrendous way. And, and I really hope that we do, that this comes off, actually. Yeah. If we're not top six, we should be top six all the way through to the end. Uh, but if we're not top six and we're struggling by Christmas... Suddenly, Dr. Tony's he knows the significance of this season. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, when they do their talking. interviews and they say, well, we're going for a promotion this season, hopefully this season, uh, you know, if not, no, 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 there is no uh, next season. Dr. Tony will execute Steve Bruce on the spot if he's not <laughs> looking like he's uh, promotion bound at Christmas. <laughs> also, you look, start to look at the motivation of players like John Terry. He's come here for one last hurrah, lifting up the championship and uh, helping out Villa, everybody patting him on the back, winner from start to finish of his career. He's going to yep. lose interest fast if we're farting around in mid-table. He's just going to think, well, at least I'm getting paid a few million and uh, we'll just... Uh, I'll be gone. Play this out for laughs. Oh, I'm injured. Sorry. There you go, Samba. It's all yours. Uh, so, yeah, motivation's going to change and, you know, the fans, we're, we're going to turn nasty. <laughs> we have got we have got pedigree for that. We? Yeah, we have. Let's and, be honest. Uh, if you think uh, what's hap- you know what's been happening, because we're not just talking about one season in the championship in isolation. We're talking about the rot of let's say five, six seasons. And this we've and we've been sold a lot of hyperbole. Let's not forget we finished thirteenth last season. So the reality is, it's got to be big changes, and I think we've got some missing ingredients from last season in place now I mean you've got like players mm-hmm. like absolutely people look around they see Terry they'll see Samba and then Whelan as well you've, you've got like proper yeah. I mean as you've said really I, and, and this is something we've probably been banging on I think the improvements from, from January and the recruitment from January has been really good I, yeah. I just don't think that I think there's two issues for whatever reason we, we didn't get them to click and I think a number of them just didn't perform well enough it's no more complicated than that but the the single-mindedness of of the closed season like you say with the, the john terry's and i get that i get what that brings to the club you know if you're not going to do it this season well what what do you change you know assuming that we had another season beyond it and without the financial fair play implication what what different what other combination is there I don't yeah know we it. couldn't really improve this team i don't think next season who are you going to attract i mean what <laughs> You know, I mean, even if yeah, many... I think you know the the Terry was like one of the you know, the last spin of the dice. I mean, Terry coming would also help buy players this season. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, or, you know, persuade people to stay. But what we didn't, I mean, when we're saying, oh, we need, you know, we were lacking leaders and uh, winners previously, we were getting leaders in which were Hurrahan, Lansbury, mm, mm, mm. and Elphick, and really weren't leaders on it in any big way where they were like leaders of men. You look at John Terry and every footballer respects him instantly. Yeah. Well, genuine winners, actually, as well. Yeah, Samba, they'll know that he used to get paid 100000 I mean, like, even Thor, Bjarnason, you know he was in the Iceland team that beat England, and he was in the quarterfinals of the champ, you know, European Championships. You look at Chester, you go, there's a guy that was in the semifinals. Beat yeah, Belgium, yeah. you know, one of the best collection of international mm-hmm. players you, you can get. So we've got a lot of pedigree in that team. As people you look at and you go, oh, yeah, you know, most of them could still probably carve out a career in the Premier League. So, and they're not all going to be, you know, they're going to give it like your Codgers, your Chesters, and they're not going to give it another year after this, after another season. No. And, the, and the other guys we've got, the old boys, who we always spoke about on the podcast throughout the, you know, every episode when we were discussing what we needed, we talked about these like mid thirty players that have been there. We were probably thinking about some exotic uh, European like superstar. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think thinking back a year ago, we were thinking like a Cambiasso type player. Weren't we? Yeah, exactly. But what we've got is more practical uh, versions of those, like in your Wheelands. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Terry, and you've got Samba, and this is these old heads, but. Actually, the reason why we're talking getting mid thirty players was we were talking like top level players in yeah, their prime, yeah, yeah. not just somebody who was half good who was just getting old. We were talking about like you know the creme. Mm. I mean that's why that's why I mean I I'm no fan of Terry Terry the person, but you can overlook yeah. that because you can't dispute the achievement in his career. You can't. Speaking of John Terry, another question from a listener Peter Smallbone says, "How will Villa avoid? <laughs> why do you do this every time?" How Sorry. will Villa avoid? <laughs> You're so childish, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> how? <laughs> how? I should have just soldiered on because I can cut your track out. How will? <laughs> how will Villa avoid all the press coverage being about John Terry and not about Villa? Well, there's there's many ways this can go. If Villa start winning and charging up the table, locking in a promotion spot early doors, then it'll all be about Villa. Alternately, Villa start losing and scrabbling yeah, around. Yeah. All the press coverage will be about Steve Bruce getting fired. Yeah, yeah. I think the Terry thing is, uh, it's a kind of a pre-season summer thing, mm. and the novelty will wear off. The only time he'll be mentioned again is if he's taking credit for all the clean sheets we're going to have as we storm through and win the league. <laughs> I, I do think it's already begun, though, hasn't it? That the what's the word? The bottom feeders of the social media betting companies are already homing in on Terry, aren't they? And yeah. tweeting images of oh, this time last year he was playing against I don't know some Champions League winning team, and now he finds himself in I don't know Warsaw yeah. or what? You know that sort of crap low low rent shit. I think the the only issue would arise if if. Terry gets embroiled in anything. Has he been known to be embroiled in anything? Only according to you. I I mean, the things you were listing in the last podcast, I'd never heard of. I think you were making them all up. No, Uh, they were from a reputable... (laughs) Beautiful verified source. I think John Terry brought the press back, the circus back in town, and it was kind of a good mm. thing in terms of I think it keeps Villa in the papers and in the, the, the kind of the footballing eye. And the spin-off of that is Sky TV. There's a novelty factor. People want to see John Terry in a Villa shirt. There's this kind of curiosity yeah, yeah. that we've spoken about before, but not just Villa fans, but you know other fans. And I think that will soon die down, and the only interest will really become of how Villa do. If Villa had dying on their feet and middling around big ta- uh, mid-table, then the football world will move on from John Terry. That The novelty factor would have gone. But if Villa are doing well, then it will be like Villa inspired by John Terry. Or yeah. if he has such a monumentally bad season, you know, where he gets, you know, it's mistake after mistake or fans yeah. turn on him or, you know, he somehow, you know, God forbid we have some level of decline this season that it, and it can be attributed to him or they'll try to attribute it to him being being the... Then we'll, you know, we'll be blamed as the club that destroyed John Terry. <laughs> Which, I mean, yes, if he curse. can get if he can get through one season playing for Villa and come out a decent player still, then he'd probably be one of the first players to do that for a very long time. <laughs> 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 we are the breaker of men. Yes. <laughs> 
Just, uh, I just want to say a quick welcome to Andrew Moore and Lawrence Bird, uh, who signed up to be My Old Man Said patrons. Welcome aboard, and thank you very much for your support. One patron, uh, I think it was after the last show, we sent one of the patrons to the kit launch, where he uh, got to play with Stan Petrov. I think Stan was very upset with his team uh, after they got beaten the first round, but they managed to win the third and fourth playoff. But anyway, he got to keep the kit and the boots, so... Uh, and he also won in the reward draw a £20 voucher in the same, I think, the same week. Wow. So for, for just supporting $1 a month as a mom's patron, he got to play with Stan Petrov, keep his kit, new shirt before any of you peasants got one. That includes <laughs> me as well. I haven't, I, yeah, and me. And me. I haven't, I haven't seen one. And uh, also got 20 notes to uh, buy more uh, from the villa shop. So uh, it pays to be a patron because we look after you. And in this world where all newspapers are getting you to subscribe to them and pay, they don't give any, give you anything back. And uh, by the way, so if you're a regular away fan and you're a mom's patron, there's a, also a chance that you might get... Because I managed to sort this out for one fan last season and we're trying to... Hopefully it's going to happen twice this season. The English Football League uh, are basically rating away grounds now. So what they do is get fan reps to go around uh, away grounds and fill in this fairly comprehensive survey. But you get two tickets refunded, transport, food... A program refunded as well. It's a good gig. It's a good gig. Put it that way. For half an hour of your time, just filling in uh, their surveys, you uh, get a free away day essentially for you and your buddy. Uh, I mean, maybe I, I happen to be going to their away game, but I haven't got any friends, so uh, that second person uh, <laughs> will get will get you refunded. But anyway, if only you a, knew someone. If only I knew somebody. Go to my own and said exactly. That's the main problem. <laughs> oh. Anyway, go to myomansaid.com, <laughs> click on patrons and join us. There's lots of other uh, rewards that are going to be happening as well. And it's well worth it. And you're supporting somebody who will support you back. Thank you. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes. Also, give us a review if you enjoy the show. Next time uh, we speak, that's if you do come back from this holiday, uh, the season uh, will be up and running. And we'll be top. And we'll be top straight away. First game and never look back. Until then, until our bright future, that bright future that was promised by a certain American owner. Many years ago. Many years ago. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Adios. My old man there's another question about Mikael Richards. I mean, uh, in terms of, I think we've now en entered <laughs> the stage. We've entered the stage of the transfer window where I think we've pretty much got our all our ins. I think if we get one more in, probably wouldn't be surprised. But any more than that, mm. you'd probably mm. be surprised. So now it's all about emptying our loads. And in terms of Samba, <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, literally, oh, come grief. on, come on, let's not beat about the bush here. <laughs> <laughs> There's some serious number twos to be dropped. Uh, well, and he is one. He's definitely one. Old Richards. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.